Yo, yo, yo. Give me just a second, guys. I'll get this kicked off. If you guys want to hop up on stage, too, you are welcome to. Um, But, yeah, we will get going here in just a second whenever I tweet this out. No set agenda for the space. Just want to keep the momentum rolling. If you guys have been around, then, um, yeah, you know, we've been doing these for the past several weeks. And, I mean, Realistically, though, we've been doing them for the past, you know, I don't know, like eight plus months, but we've been doing them basically daily for the past few weeks because, you know, I I made a promise that I was going to do them until walkie stocks broke through their all time high. And I am a man of my word. I will continue the grind, continue the hustle one way or the other. So, uh, 80s, welcome up to the stage, man. How is it going today? It's going beautiful. It's going beautiful. We're vibing. We are alive. Man, I'm, I'm sorry I missed yesterday's space, man. In the beginning, I got a phone call from my dad in Texas, my stepdad, and I hadn't heard from him in a while, but, man, I went back, and that was a phenomenal space last night, dude. Oh, yeah, man. It was <laughs> – it really was a great space. Um you know, I like to switch it up a little bit. You know, like I, I obviously I'm a fan of doing the the stonk spaces right now, but you know, it's a it's a lot of fun to be able to switch it up, kind of a little bit more open forum, open format too. Because I think one of the most important things with this in general is just being able to, um, you know, expand your reach, expand your audience, be able to support other communities, other conversations that are happening in the space outside of just your own project, right? So, yeah, it was. Oh, of course, it's a lot of fun. Builds bridges, brother. Were you uh, were you able to actually listen through that whole thing? Because that was a long ass space, man. That was like three hours. Yeah, I chopped it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I love uh, Frank's take on it, though. Um, and hearing Udi on there was, uh, I think, important to hear him on there talking about the maximalism aspect of it as well. Yes, bro. I mean, dude, that's I'm telling you. Just look at the, you know, the the diversity on the stage from last night's space. That is the power of the audience that's involved with the walkie stonks, right, man? It's like, it is by far has the most diverse reach, I think, out of any any real project. Like, you look at it, you know, I like I've got connections, kind of like you said, building the bridge between crypto Twitter and NFT Twitter. It is going to happen one way or the other. I mean, those are the type of conversations that here's the thing in life, like that a lot of people don't realize, you know, you you walk around and you have this vision, you have this idea. And I've brought up this analogy several times, but, you know, it's almost like this. um, It's like this old parable in the Bible, like the sower and the seeds, right? You know, you walk around. And you sow the seeds everywhere. You cast them out, right? You don't know what type of soil they're going to land on. But eventually, depending on what the you know the situation are or is, if you continue to water that, like there's going to be fertile soil that some of those sprout up and grow, right? And you don't know when or what is going to be the cause or the trigger for that. But I do believe that through repetition and consistency that eventually it just naturally happens, right? You don't have to force anything. It happens on its own, on, on its own time in its own way. And I think just the patience and the consistency, um, you know, that persistence in the process is what pushes it there. 
it's about enjoying the ride too, right? Like Rooster, isn't this funny? We were uh, Rooster and I were just on a founders call with a uh, room one ten, and we were literally just like verbatim saying the exact same thing, man. It, it, it's important when you approach it on that level-headed aspect and just flow with it, but stay consistent with your ultimate objective. And once you do that, and once you stay in that mindset, the the opportunities that open up for you to grasp and embrace, man, are are are, are boundless, brother, boundless. Yeah, the stonks and you know company have like it, they are the most organic spaces. Like you know, just general great vibes all around out of pretty much any other space. Um, you know, there are other good ones. Uh, some of them feel a little bit forced, and you can kind of tell as a listener. Um, but yeah, I know turbo bullish on everything that's happening. Yeah, bro. I mean, we. <laughs> Slowly, slowly but surely, grinding our way up to that point four six nine meme, it is inevitable, man. Like with each and every day, I'm getting more fired up, more charged up about the possibilities, potential. So it, it, it's getting closer, man. Slowly but surely, grinding away, and you know, I like like I've said from the beginning of doing these, I, I just enjoy the process, right? I am not in a rush to see anything happen. Uh, you know, it is all like, I actually think it's healthier the longer that you spend kind of in a range accumulating for a while. What you do during that period is you build a base level of conviction and support at that price, right? Like if you end up just shooting past a certain price range, the only danger of, and this goes back to like, you know, fundamental market, you know, regardless of whether it's NFTs, you know, um, NFTs, crypto, stocks, whatever the heck else like you'll see where people post these volume gaps, right? Where you end up shooting through something and, and why a volume gap like that is significant is because you haven't spent that time building that foundation of people who have conviction at that level for the entry. So the longer that you spend there, the stronger the foundation is for whatever that next step up is, right? Now, you know, I also look at it as a coil type mentality too, where the longer that you're there, the more that you're winding energy into that spring, the more violent that bounces whenever the spring is finally released. Yeah, that too. And like, also, I mean, this may be a little bit selfish, but personally, you know, I'm, a, I'm okay with, you know, a couple pullbacks here, you know, grab a couple more stonks under 0.3, right? Like, you know, once, once we inevitably break that barrier and, you know, uh, exponentially rise, it's going to be a lot harder to accumulate, right? And I'm getting major FOMO uh, <laughs> as it speaks now. Um, I'm even like, uh, every now and then I'm like, fuck, man, I, I know I should have just dumped a bag in the stonks like six months ago. One more nine trade. Uh, <laughs> one <yeah>. more nine trade. <laughs> no, literally. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely like, I couldn't imagine not grabbing another song below 0.3. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to pull back. Maybe, maybe we can get a little 0. 0.12 action again. Uh, start a little FUD. That'd be, uh, that'd be great. Bro, we can't all be the lumbers of the world who freaking, <laughs> like, lumber, bro, just have the most conviction out of anybody throughout the summer and the low period. We're like, it, it's just freaking ridiculous. And love that stock that you're repping right now is your PP, PFP. That Volmageddon is sick, man. But like, you know, I think everybody's jealous of the accumulation that he had, in, like in that 
sub point one range where he just like weekly kept stacking. I still can't believe that like that that entire time I thought it was some random Hondo alt account or something. <laughs> it's like who the hell is stacking right now? All this like I was just wondering who was who was accumulating and it was this massive per you know person with conviction in the background lumber. This massive Chad. So shout out to lumber. Yeah, you know what sparked all this action was like shit. It was like maybe a month ago, uh, and we talked about this on uh, you know space right after was his, his legendary quote, his tweet. Uh, it was still when stonks were you know, they were like eighty bucks or whatever, eighty hundred bucks. Um, he was like, I'm just sitting here in my backyard smoking a bowl, and realized all you motherfuckers are pussies. So I bought like a bunch of stonks at eighty bucks. And that's what kickstarted everything. <laughs> Wait, did I miss that? You gotta pin that if that is actually a tweet that's out there because I don't think I've seen it, bro. Okay, yeah, I got, I gotta find it. Uh, give me. A I don't know how I missed that if that's the case because that is amazing. <laughs> that's all the alpha you need. Oh man, I mean, it's it's been fun, right? Like. Again, looking back on this, it's going to be one of the most obvious things in the world, in my opinion. People are going to look back and say, man, Kaleo hosted spaces for a month that said wonky stocks are inevitable. <laughs> like, you know, I sat in on the wonky stocks are inevitable spaces. And I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, like, interesting idea. But, you know, I, I didn't actually listen to the fact that wonky stocks are inevitable. And that's the way I look at it, man. Like, there, there are a lot of people that it doesn't set in until something does take off. People don't like to be the ones to, you know, stick their necks out and force through whatever that all-time high area is. And I get it, right? Like, you know, especially with the hesitancy of how things have been in the market recently. But, you know, like, I – hey, I even think that thread that I shared yesterday, forget the stonks, just with the NFT marketplace in general – I think it was going to happen one way or the other, you know, but like, I, like I looked at, for instance, PO and PO and Nick's space, the nifty show this morning. What did they end up calling it? NFT mini bull run, right? Like, you know, the overall sentiment, I really do believe that you can manifest that positive sentiment into existence. And that confidence is contagious across the market. And it pours into the quality assets as time goes on. Hey, Christine, I want to welcome you back up to the stage, a resident stonk slash plague supporter. Big shout out to the plague real quick. Um, sad that Cube, who tried to come up on stage about 10 times and has failed each one of them, I'm guessing is on the road or something like that. Um, you know, Cube brought us into the plague fold. Love the plague, love ponds, love everything about it. And Christine, you know, we love having you up on stage as well. How are you doing today? Christine, I cannot hear you. I'm not sure. I, I saw that you unmuted yourself. I know Twitter rugs on like like that on me sometimes. Can anybody else hear Christine, or is it just me that's rugged on that? Because I know it happens like that occasionally. And no, I hate I interrupting. Yeah, I can't hear you. Christine, maybe try or wait, try again real quick. And if not, try stepping down and then request back up, and we can you know leave the space. Sometimes Twitter's weird like that, and we can bring you back up here in a minute. All right, still rugged, but we will bring you back up here. Um, but yeah, 
You know, like, yes, okay. I want to go back to yes, last night's space, too. A couple things about it that I think are also important to note. You know, did you see just the, the number of people that are there? And, I, I like, I understand some of the figures that led toward that happening. It was a snowball effect of having different guests on stage that led to other guests. You know, it makes it pretty interesting. But I'm still saying that even in the midst of a, you know, like, a month ago, a lot of that, like, it was tough to be able to get even that combination of people to show up. We had Rooster there on stage, but Rooster, what? I, I was just waiting for Rooster to drop in all the alpha. What was happening last night, man? Uh oh yeah. Well, honestly, I was in the I was in the shower for part of it as well. Um, getting ready for work. Uh, and people were just yammering, 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 and I was like, you know, I was taking care of some stuff, so I was kind of still just enjoying listening at the same time. That's fair, man. <laughs> I <totally laughs> get that, bro. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about like whenever space grows like that. Like, hey, it's even going to happen with this one a little bit later. Like, I I enjoy just having a few people in the conversation. Like when it's just us three, we can keep it manageable. Here, a little bit later, you know, as people continue to come up on stage, begin to request, you know, as the momentum and the energy kind of in the audience starts to build like it did last night, it does become this thing where eventually this conversation just organically starts to flow out a bit and everybody wants to get their voice in for one reason or another. I actually thought it was hilarious that Frank was sipping to Udi for a second. I never saw that one coming. <laughs> I was laughing on that one too. <laughs> hey, you know, I've, I've pretty much, I think, missed out of all of the really big spaces over the last year and and and. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my chance because I love having the conversations that naturally flow like that sometimes. And being in here with, you know, the three of us and sometimes one or two other people, it does add that layer, I think, of, of a more personal touch. But when you get to expand that reach and that conversation with people that aren't typically not in these types of spaces, it just benefits everybody i think in the entire ecosystem to see that so many different like-minded people can come together and just naturally organically spark a conversation that resonates with everyone oh yeah hey rooster i'm curious being a co-hoster in a space where you've got that many people do you get any new organic followers that just come from being up there on stage oh yeah uh probably ended up gaining like 15 20 yesterday I mean, that's not bad. Like, you know, when you're looking at it, especially relative to your account size, everything like that, like a solid 15 or 20 during a space like that, like, you know, it's not, not bad at all. Call me small again, bro. I swear. No. <laughs> <laughs> he does zig that knife in a lot. I, I just got these little guys up here on stage with me. Just, just little, but... Hey, but these little guys will ride or die with you forever, brother. You know that. Hey, I know. I know. <laughs> bro, I mean, it's not a knife. Like, it's a freaking fact. Like, no, yeah, no. Want it's me, all love. I'm you just, want me to be I'm PC and around. skate around and say, oh, you know, like, they've got large personalities. they like, you know, heart, freaking heart the size of, uh, you know, of Texas. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what else would I say? No, no, I'm giving you shit. I'm just giving you shit. Uh, no, it is funny though, man. Like, 
and that's the thing that I think is important about those type of things too. Like, I don't know if people that are in here noticed last night. It's like, I'll bring a wide demographic, right? Like, I'm not just going to bring up everybody that has like a hundred thousand followers. I mean, I'll have anybody up there from a couple hundred shout out to AC two thirty five, the goat, um, to a couple thousand shout out eighties and rooster, um, to a couple hundred thousand shout out, Frank Blau, um, you know, we'll, we'll bring everybody up one way or the other, you know, we grind, we keep it going. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that, like, one of the things that's important with this is just understanding that follower count really doesn't mean shit as far as the quality of the content that somebody can come out with, right? Like, I mean, inherently it might a little bit, right? Because, you know, a lot of the time you look at a large follower account, they had to get there for a reason. But I feel like there was something that happened in this NFT space where uh, you, you also have to be careful because there are a lot of people that bought that credibility right that literally purchased the followers and if you're not careful you got to be able to sift through the noise with that type of shit too yeah especially the new people in the space they you know they see all the shiny little objects being tweeted out by these fake accounts that you know bought their following and give away this and if you retweet this i'll give you a hundred dollars or whatever bullshit that's out there and and it really adds that level of you know discomfort for people to be onboarded sometimes but just having that relevancy in your mind to know and just grow organically man and just be authentic that's all that truly matters in this space and people resonate with you with that so i've just been like the better of the last 15 minutes um scouring through lumber's account and then searching various things i think the tweet may have been deleted um, <laughs> so I can't. No. Yeah, I, know. I swear, man, if you deleted that, like that is sad. Yeah, um, I'm also. I'm not gonna be able to stay on for too much longer, uh, Clay. Oh, I'll give it. It's a day day with the girlfriend today. Oh man, that's that's cute. Love it. You, you gotta you gotta cherish those moments, bro. Hey, yeah. I, I do want to ask you while you're up here. Um, are you going to East Denver? I, I was looking at the dates and everything and saw that it's coming up soon. I just had like a really good buddy of mine move up to Denver. Um, he's actually from that area, but he just moved back. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, that might be the perfect opportunity if I hit him up to just go up there a few days, crash with him and, you know, hang out, catch up with, catch up with him, maybe try to make a few of those events that they have going on up there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be here. I'll be here 100%. Have you heard of anything, like, anybody doing anything big for that? Um, I know uh, I was in the uh, talks with Klaus a little bit um, in Miami. We, I think we're going to be setting up um, some type of PA event. Um, other than that, though, no, I haven't um, heard of. Projects, honestly, have been pretty quiet about, like, announcing anything as type of in real life, or at least I, I may have just missed it being in my own bubble, but... Um, no, I haven't heard of really anything major yet. All right, here's the deal. So if I go up there, I gave away my PAs um, during the uh, during the poker tourney. So if I go up there and there's a PA event, 80s, I'm going to have to have you shoot me, like lend lend out one of your – I got um, an extra one too. I, I got you, bro. <laughs> okay, perfect. There we go. <laughs> 
Or maybe I can personally ask Volt for you next week because... Yeah, speaking of which... I'll drop some alpha for you right (laughs) now. Oh, hey, drop some alpha on the stage right now. What do you you guys have? Dude, Room 110 is hosting, I think, Volt's first space outside of the PA community. Dude. Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Hey, that's that's huge. And, okay, tell me if I'm crazy here. It kind of like it's felt like I haven't seen much of Volt on the timeline recently compared to what I used to. Like, is he taking a break? Is there something that's you know been happening in the background there? Time off. I just like yeah, he took some some time off to focus on family and 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 spend time with family for the holidays. But he's back on the grind. He's here. He's in the mix, man. He's uh he's doing good. Rooster, you want to speak on that? Yeah, no, he uh he PA's kind of been like that you know work behind the scenes you know Volta's mentioned that like he doesn't earlier right whenever you know obviously because the price action hasn't been the greatest for the community so you know you have uh people trying to be louder than they were right and like we need you know can devs do something right essentially the same thing that happened in the songs community um and Volt had mentioned that like he didn't see previously the need to do spaces unless if they were rolling something out. Um, and then, sorry, I'm a little out of breath, running up and down the stairs, <laughs> up a mile high. Um, okay, hold on. So anyway, essentially, yeah, he said that um, he previously didn't see the need to, like, just hop on spaces and bullshit, right? He was like, you know, more of along the business side. Uh, people like B-Ways, you know, in their community was – you know, one of the larger holders that wasn't freaking out. And I guess he probably noticed that a little bit. Um, and yeah, we didn't even, I mean, B-Ways reached out to him like months ago. But yesterday, Bull just like randomly commented on uh, the Room 110 trading spaces tweet or the live stream from Twitch. And he was like, yo, let's shoot a, let's shoot a space next week. Hey, bro, you know, two things. One... Wonky stonks are inevitable. Two, room one ten is inevitable. Like, shout out to room one ten. I'm telling you, I I'm hyped for what you guys are working on right now. I'm convinced, you know, like that room one ten account. If you guys keep hustling the way you're you're hustling now, keep building these relationships. You know, the building bridges series that you guys are working on. That account, you know, like let, let's forget y'all's individual success right now. But that account and that hustle by itself, dude, that's going to be a hundred thousand plus follower account the next bull run. There's no doubt in my mind with the type of content, type of interviews, type of quality that you guys are putting up consistently. So shout out to Room One Ten. If you guys are not following Room One Ten, check out Eighties, check out Rooster's bio. Make sure to go up there, give them a follow. Um, it's definitely worth it. I appreciate that, Kaleo. Um, yeah, I appreciate the love as always, man. Yeah, brother, always, man. Um, Room 110 is 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 that collective that we all just want to have in the space to learn, grow, and build bridges. Um, and, and we're doing it naturally, organically. Um, we, we I think we adopted a lot of the, the same principles you instilled in the wonky stonks, and we're translating that out into the space and staying neutral and um, giving people an opportunity and a chance really to um, take advantage of some of the connections that are being built in here and to have a better life in the space. Yes, sir. Well, you know, Hey, one other thing that I do want to touch on what you were talking about with Volt. 
Um, now that I gave the room 110 plug that's necessary, here's what I feel like with PA, kind of what's happening right now, right? Like, first off, shout out to PA. I do love PA, you know, via y'all, via a lot of the people that I've met in the community. I think there's a lot of strength there, um, you know, as far as the catalyst for what can potentially drive it down the road. Where I think they shot themselves in the foot a little bit toward the end of the bull run was kind of a little bit of dilution across the ecosystem by dropping so many different collections so early, kind of as the market was starting to wind down. And what hurts with that is, you know, if you don't have the market continuing to propel towards something, there's only so much social capital within the influence of that ecosystem to be able to propel that, right? And like, as people start searching for liquidity across that, you know, it's harder to hold tens of thousands of different collect, you know, tens of thousands of different pieces from across these different collections at once. So I look at it from the perspective where, you know, maybe what Volt's going through right now, like I, I sympathize with it a lot, right? Because initially after the stonks were released, it's tough whenever you have something where the price is trending down. Right. And you're sitting there and you're like, man, that initial effect. Is... And you kind of have to sit there, I think. And it takes a little bit of recentering yourself. And, you know, I think this especially resonates with the PA community because it's all about like being mindful and aware of your current emotions and situation. And like, I, I really think that if Volt did do that, kind of take some time for family and himself. You know, like that becomes a meme in the space, taking a quote unquote mental health break. But it is something that's necessary a lot of the time, too, to kind of recenter yourself and figure out, OK, how am I going to be able to push through this? Because I think that it's one of those things where there's enough potential in that ecosystem to where they easily, you know, and it may not even happen right now throughout this cycle. But if he can have that mental fortitude which is what PA is all about, right? If he can have that mental fortitude to push through into 2024, 2025, you know, as, as the space continues to build and evolve and you get new, new people involved in the space and plug back into it, I think that that's the type of thing where, okay, now you have that, you know, more unique buyers to be able to plug in to that ecosystem. You have new voices that are looking for solid projects with that potential. And at that point, you know, the 10 K PFP projects that we're doing right now, everybody talks about how that's a huge number. Realistically, if NFTs take off, that's not a huge number at all. Right. So that number, I think slowly gets to a point, but you've got to work through the dilution is the only problem, right? You've got to work through the dilution. You've kind of got to hustle through it. So I don't think that it's an impossible task at all. Right. Like it's difficult but, you know, I think doing little things like engaging with people like y'all in the community and going to those spaces, you know, whether it's a 200,000 follower account or a 2,000 follower account, like, bro, everyone, every little thing like that adds up. So, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for the comeback, man. Yeah, and uh, touching on, um, you know, what you said about, like, kind of oversaturating with the multiple collections. I think initially it may have been, um, you know, because they dropped December of, you know, 21. Um, so I think it just may have been an initial, like, underestimation of, or maybe overestimation of, like, how closely people pay attention, right? Because for, you know, people who were there from pre-mint, right, or 
and who have been there since the beginning, you know, kind of understood the game theory a little bit um, whenever he was doing, you know, pre-launch spaces and stuff about, you know, full set and everything. Um, but it was kind of a barrier for new community members to be onboarded, right? Because without, like, you know, they had no idea, right? Most collections is just like, you know, the, the PFP, right? So a lot of people would just like buy into a Genesis, um, you know, be a part of the community, not pay too deep attention. And then they're missing out on um, drops from like not being set holders and stuff. And then they're like, well, I didn't even know that like this is this. So there was like, I think there was a little bit of an overestimation initially on like how closely and like deep people dive into like one project alone. And, you know, as 80s likes to say, time and energy, right? So, you know, people's time and energy between all the various projects they are, if they are on, if they even, you know, have the ability to you know keep up to date with everything um so that was one thing so they kind of you know it's kind of a little uh, what is it called um guess and check i guess uh in a in a sense that you know altering the the plan a little bit uh they've rolled back the game theory a little bit to kind of make it less confusing for people i'm kind of branching off but yeah i'm definitely excited for the space next week Yeah, dude, I'm hyped about it. I will definitely be there. I will definitely be tuning into it. Uh, but, hey, you know, I want to transition over. We were hyping our man Lumber up a little bit, telling that story about his tweet. But Rooster was telling the story about his tweet that, you know, was one of the things that he's claiming got this stonks rally kicked off recently. So, Lumber, tell me a little bit more about that, man, because I don't think I ever got the chance to see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um Are you talking about that tweet? <laughs> That's exactly what I just said, bro. The one where, <laughs> when you were sitting in your backyard when songs were eighty dollars. Oh, shit! God, what a time, huh? Um, what a time. <laughs> um, I didn't delete that tweet, so I kind of wish I would have. Maybe I don't know. Yo, pin um, it up top if you can find it, Lumber. Like if you can search it and pin it, that would be legendary. Okay, I'll look for it for sure. Um, that was great. Yeah, it was good. Picking up those stocks. <laughs> hey, ask me so, a question. <laughs> you know, shit. Wait, bro that that was the question. It was what were you thinking whenever you did tweet that out? Because you obviously remember it. So I want to hear a little bit more about the story. I was thinking the. I, I was thinking these things were such a bargain. My God, it was just a. It was just so ridiculous compared to all the other shit out there. Um, and, you know, I see uh, I see these things being, I don't know what it is, but it's like it appeals to people with a lot of money, too, in the financial and uh, industry. And um, there's so much adoption for these, potential adoption for these things. I see. And I don't fucking know shit, but... Uh, um, I think I know a little, a little art and stuff. So I, I like them. I mean, I just, you know, every single one's different. It's great. I can't get into that garish stuff. Um, like the apes and stuff. Oh yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I like the punks myself, but, uh, so these are so just you're more of a classic and... type of like classic absolutely. type. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
and it's just so hard to keep up. I mean, the what the uh, um, the Godfather, the Bogfather, the, the Bogfather. Bog that, <laughs> that guy's a legend, man. Um, God, you know. So uh, just following your guys' lead, shit. Just learning. Hey, I love it, man. Well, I appreciate you. You know, it, it, your energy has been I, solid. It, it's really, really, I think, just propelled all of us up here. So shout out to you, man. It's been it's been a fun ride. And, you know, that's the thing, though, looking at it like and, and there's so many. I, I feel like one thing that you capture that a lot of people don't is just the longer term you know, the longer term vision and the longer term horizon other than like, there's so many people that just get involved with projects, man. They're looking like, man, you know, if I can't flip this in the next two weeks, let alone two hours, like, why is it worth it? Right. <laughs> you know, I think one thing that you've shown is just yeah. like, you know, literally conviction beyond belief. Oh, totally. And I'm going, I'm going deeper. I've already got like four or five picked out. I just got to find some uh, funds to do it, but hell, they'll show up somehow. Um, and, you know, it's like you're almost, it's like you're almost in a movie. I feel like sometimes when you get these spaces going, it's so much fun. So uh, we'll see what uh, on the horizon. Um, and like you're saying, I, I buy and hold because I don't have the technical you know, ability to trade this shit. Um, and a funny, a funny thing was, is I bought those Trump, I bought two Trump digital cards. Low, way low, um, not super low, but low enough. And then they like quadrupled and I couldn't sell them because I couldn't figure it fucking it out. And um, I still have them now. It was on Polygon, <laughs> I'm on ETH. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, dude, that's and uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little nervous talking to you, so I, I sound a little way hey, out there. Bro, don't, don't worry about it all. I mean, we're we're all just chill up here, man. There's nothing nothing crazy going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, uh, you know, that's what's going on. I picked up a nine trait yesterday. I guess I thought. You know, I sold a couple songs, I think, I can't remember, uh, during this last little run up. And I'm, and I went and I tweeted one out yesterday, you know, because it, it was so clean and I had sold it. I was so pissed at myself that I had to go buy a similar one just to just to get it back. And um, I mean, that that's a scoop. I love to hear it, man. Well, thanks for coming yeah. up on stage. Uh, and, you know, feel free to keep hanging out, bro. I mean, you don't even have to. Like, it's one of those things when just like a normal conversation, when it feels natural to, you know, hop in, do it. You know, no pressure whatsoever being up here. Um, but uh, let's go to Stud Muffin real quick. Stud Muffin, shout out for that second place finish in the poker tourney. You know, brand new owner of a feet pick. So I'm curious. Did you end up flooring that shit, or did, did you end up holding on to it? You know, one way or the other, like, hey, I, I said it was the instant liquidity option out of the two. <laughs> yeah, I floored it. Uh, I think I Let's got points. Go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, no shame, no guilt whatsoever. 
whatsoever on that. Like, I literally <laughs> DM'd you, and I was like, hey, you know, you probably should floor this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, no shame in it whatsoever, bro. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, no the uh, yeah. There's no loyalty to the feet picks. I'm sorry to <laughs> pick taxis. <laughs> uh, shout out Rooster in the crowd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, hey bro, tell me a little bit about the you know for those that weren't around for that legendary run you had. Tell me a little bit about the background for that. Are you a poker shark? And you didn't let us know going into it. We'll see you later, Rooster. All right, later, Rooster. Yeah. Um. No, I wish. Uh. I wish I could have shown you the hands. I was dealt pocket aces twice. Uh, I had big slick like four times. I was running so good. It was ridiculous. Um, so I'd like to say I'm a great poker player, but I definitely know when uh, when the luck hits, and that was definitely the luckiest tournament I've had in a long time. Hey, so, okay, you, you, you're chalking up to luck. That's a really humble approach. Um, tell me, what was your, you know, the hand that you were sweating out the most? Uh, I flopped a straight. I think I had 10 Jack suited and the flop was two hearts and something. And it was the nut straight. And then I think a pair came. So I just went from the nuts to, you know, maybe I just lost to a full boat and I forget who I was betting against, but it was a huge hand. It was like, it, it set me up to be in a good position to, um, to make the final table and I got an all in from one guy and like a big bet from another guy. And I was like, I just, you know, somebody just overtook me with uh, trips or quads or um, a boat or quads or something. But uh, I think it was just two, two big pairs. Um, that was the next best hand. So I was real, I was drenched in sweat on that one, but uh, the, the straight held up. So I was pretty pumped about that. Do you have any advice for, um, you know, somebody on this stage that, like, may have dipped his toes into the game a little bit but happens to be one of the first five people out every single time we host one of these tourneys? That's a great question. Um, I do a lot of rebuy tournaments, which I think are a blast because in the first five minutes I'll just aggressively go all in a lot, hoping that somebody calls me and I'll either double up and double up or I'm out and come right back in and I didn't lose anything. Um, so if you're in a tournament like that, uh, play as aggressively as possible because it's kind of an either way you win type of situation. If there isn't, a... <laughs> I love playing like that. Now, if it's a situation like ours where there was no rebuy, um, I think you have to look at it and say, all right, there's a hundred people in a tournament. And if I'm a less than average skilled poker player, I'm going to only win one out of every 200 tournaments. Um, you know, so if I'm playing and I'm hanging in there and even making, you know, top 30, top 50%, that's better than I was expecting. Um, so, you know, when I play poker, a lot of times I'm distracted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with my three-year-old son, you know, I've got stuff going on. So it's hard for me to focus hundred percent. And those are often the times that I am knocked out a little bit earlier uh, because I know, all right, there, there's a certain window for me to pay attention and uh, I, I can't give this the hundred percent effort. And it does require a little bit of luck in that situation, right? Somebody who's really paying attention is going to win more often than I will because they, they have that attention and focus. Um, so if you're in that situation or you're a little bit more of a beginner, um, I would say take the 10 minutes to learn about hand quality and play a little tighter. You know, don't try to bluff people. Um, just wait for quality hands and kind of learn that that flow and that process. Um, and then once you're comfortable with that, then you can mess around and, um, you know, bluff people, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the three 
bluffs that I tried to make in the uh, wonky tournament were all abject failures. <laughs> like I just doubled up the person I bluffed against. <laughs> so that's not my skill set at all. Now, 80s, I want to hear your perspective on everything he just said. <laughs> <laughs> I love the call out, too. Uh, I, I, I don't play poker. I, I suck at poker. What can I say? Um, but my, my strategy was uh, I, I was going against uh, Big Bull Bull, and uh, Vlad was on my table, too. And these guys are, are, are legends at poker. And I was just cutting my losses early. That was kind of my strategy. I was like, let me just fucking go for it. Maybe one of these guys are bluffing and I can double the stack, but you know, didn't work out. So. So RIP. Okay. Well, you know what we might have to do down the road. One of these days, say that we get to the point, you know, stonks are like, you know, 10 K a stonk. Right. And we want to do one of these tourneys. What I might end up doing for some of these down the road is like, you know, I don't think it'd be ridiculous to do something where, you know, you're still giving back in this sense, but like the winner takes all and it's like a, you know, a $20 buy-in or something like that for people to do it. But, you know, then if you look at it from the odds perspective, if it's winner take all and, you know, all you're taking in for that stunk is 20 times three, you know, six grand and it's a $10,000 stunk, you know, it's still when you're looking at the overall, payout versus the potential what you're putting into it it's not bad and then what those funds could end up going toward are like you know different events or different things like that you know for i like i think that's not a terrible idea i know that's way down the road but like might might be the evolution of these in here in a couple of years well if that's the case i'm gonna get some training going here so, yeah, but we'll do we'll do more of the poker tournaments one way or the other. You know, congratulations on that beautiful feet picks, aka ETH that you ended up winning. Uh, <laughs> um, love to see it, man. Vlad, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing today? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I just uh, <laughs> I'm I'm good. Um, sitting here in uh, in the darkness in Sweden, so it's uh, it's nice to uh, come in and. Listening to this, I, I really just came up to give my side of the story on this uh, this poker tournament, and uh, uh, so it was my second time uh, ever playing poker. Might have been my third time, actually, and uh, and uh, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Apparently, I won that hand. That was a total surprise. Uh, I had a friend with me that that is very good at poker, and uh, he was pretty much advising me to do the opposite of <laughs> whatever I was doing. And, uh, you know, it's just like, fuck this, let's go. And uh, so it turned out well for a while. And <laughs> and then I flamed out. Uh, oh, you, you, were, you were number one on the leaderboard for, I think, the first half of the tournament. You were up there top three, at least. What, did you have a World Series of poker champion on your shoulder schooling you the whole well, way? No, no, no. So, Vlad, okay, here's what I'm going to throw out toward what Rooster said during the actual commentary of the tourney that I think is a solid point with a lot of this. A lot of the times, somebody that's you know has zero poker knowledge whatsoever when they're out there on the table, they're a little bit more of a wild card because they act unpredictably, right? They do shit that you just don't expect. So even people that are, like, some of the times that's the most dangerous player to have on a table, especially early on when they've got, like, a pretty even chip count 
and they can just kind of get lucky rolling like that. And like from the sounds of it, Vlad just killed with that, you know, the newcomer's edge of kind of just not playing by the book. And that's tough to maintain, to sustain, but like solid job. Yeah, thank you. That, that, I mean, that was exactly it. Like, uh, yeah, I realized fairly quickly that the only strength I have in this game is that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, managed to uh, get a few people with that unpredictability, but uh, yeah, ends up uh, as it should have uh, probably. And uh, you know, apologize to anyone who actually knows how to play poker and somehow lost me. Um, I will learn uh, poker till next tournament. Bro, you had to have knocked out a couple people in that run. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. there had to have been a couple all-in plays against you that you just sucked up because, again, you just had such a massive chip count lead at the beginning. I was like, damn, I did not know Vlad was this much of a shark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that, that was uh, – yeah, so that that was just, I guess – uh, I guess was it '80s and Big Bull Bulldogs going all in, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, two people going all in." I have uh, all right. Fuck it, let's let's all in. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was a good time. I love those poker tournaments. It's uh, it's such a good vibe. And uh, Kaleo, you're doing you're doing a stellar job of of commenting it. Like it's <laughs> it's unbelievably nice to listen to, actually. Tell you, he's a hidden talent. The man, I don't think he, he realizes how good he is, bro. Like, ESPN should be throwing offers at you, brother. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. Yo, you know, hey, one way or the other, you know, this this voice is going to carry the stocks to a new all-time high. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> you got to leverage whatever strengths you have, whatever weaknesses you have. And, you know, I think the strengths that I have on my side are <laughs> a shit ton of time. And then... Like, hey, shout out to whoever just swept four stonks, by the way. You know, that is a man of culture, a man that is going to make it into the Citadel. Um, I want to see who that is. Um, and, hey, shout out also. I need to pin it up. Freaking bitty bags last night. I don't know how many stonks that she swept. She swept, like, 20-plus, I think. Um, and then right after that, Bogfather came in and swept another 10. So, like, as far as the number of stonks, I, I need to – pull up stonks on blur and see like what what we're looking at as far as back to like that point four area okay yeah you know as far as the number of stonks on like that it says to get to point three nine we're only like 20 stonks away from that so it's dude slowly but surely it is just getting thinner and thinner and grinding our way closer toward that like i feel it man i have had the feeling and you know, again, I'm not in a rush to do it. The longer it takes, kind of like what we said earlier, sometimes the better. But, you know, I, I just have one of those feelings that it's going to happen this week. We will see. Crow, welcome up to the stage, brother. How are you doing today? My The resident Sonny in the house. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, thank you for the follow, too. I had a, I had a double check to make sure it was a real one because I got fooled before and it was. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. So, you know what? I need to give a follow to all y'all on stage right now. I don't know why I'm not. Hey, hell yeah. I'll take a follow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I like to curate 
my my follows very carefully, and you know the the stonk chads definitely deserve <laughs> deserve one. So shout out to y'all. Hey, um, you know what? Can I can I drop a quick bit of alpha, and then I'm going to go back to Crow here in a second. I, I just got excited looking down in the audience. So I may or may not have gotten confirmation from Yakimit that we may get a voice docs this week celebrating the 420th mashup that he's completed. And basically a series from him talking through a bunch of his favorite mashups. Bullish. That'll be legendary. Oh so I was, yeah, I was thinking about doing it Friday during the Friday space, but he's not free, I think, until like three or four Eastern. We typically do that space earlier. So I don't know. Yakuman, I need to reach out to you. Maybe we set it up for like sometime on Thursday. Just let me know your schedule, bro, and we can, uh, we can try to set up that special space. That's what I want to do is shout out uh, Yak. Um, I think those mashups are really driving a lot of adoption. I pin one to the top. Um, people are talking about it. It's getting our name out there. It's it's beautiful work. So mad love to you, Yakimit. 420. Man, that's just mind-blowing. That's like putting in the work, too. Unconditionally, like with nothing in return, just for the vibes. Yo, I want to hear, like, I need I need some stats from Cube on how many cubes he's made, too. Like, and the cool thing is, I'm looking out at the audience. They're, they're both right next to each other in my audience listings. So, like, the two mashup legends side by side. Love to see it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the story about that, how it started and and where we're at now. Or it started from like day one. I'm not sure exactly what inspired him, but you know, he just had this vision and dude, it really did kick off something pretty great. Oh, speaking of Cube, you know, we, we got him to come up on stage for the twelfth time. We'll see if he has something this time before he takes okay. off. Okay. Uh, so the twelfth time's a charm. I apologize. I'm up in uh up in the mountains, so I am rugging very hard today. Everybody's having fun on the mountain skiing, and I'm single dadding it with children. So this will be brief. Uh, but yeah, Yak's the legend. And like I was going to say, I know I owe a bunch of cubes to people, and I'm going to slowly knock them out. I'm out here with the family, and it's a giant shit show. But uh, uh, God, love all you. 420 mashups, crazy. I have no idea how many cubes I've done. I had a very poor way of organizing when we started this journey. And then it's gone through, and I've just like updated them for people. So I don't know. Um I might come up with an unscientific way, but Yakimit's got to be way ahead. It's it's a couple hundred, though, no doubt. I mean, impressive oh, one way or the other. The mashup thing, to, to be honest with you, I think I was the first one to do a mashup. It was, I think, day one, and I put a Bitcoin um, icon on my stonk. And I think from there, it like birthed some inspiration in Yakimit, and he just went off with it. And to see, like, people resonating with a piece of art that's been generated to mixing it up with another piece of art, whether it's been generated or not, the mashup really resonates with all types of people. And I think it really has onboarded a lot of people, too. So shout out to, like, Yakimit and Cube for the guys that put in the work that do the, the things for the community for people to vibe with, man. That's important when we build this ecosystem. And we've said this so many times before, they lend themselves so well 
to any other collection or any other interests you have. Like I remember Wonky Lisa. She's got a really cool ballerina one. Yeah, yeah, that one's dope, man. But but it's yeah, Yakimit is next level with him. Like I'm I'm playing J V ball and he's like all state, right? Would be the comparison. Um but I think it definitely it brings more ice to the projects uh, onto wonky stonks. And the funny thing is going through all of them that Yak have done and the cubes that I've looked back on is how many rug projects or just shit projects <laughs> have been mashed. And I think it's a testament to this community and Kaleo and just the stonks themselves about how, how strong we are and the resilience that they have. Well, another yes, level of it too that you're doing is uh, the banners for everybody too. Like you're starting to pump out banners and people are, are really, you know, pumping that out on, on the timeline as well. And I think that's drawing a lot of eyes too. So it's amazing, man. It they they just pop so damn well. And you know, you have your standard PFPs, but then in the background, you see these dope charts that flow into each other. It it, it totally catches your eye. And they like they go so perfectly. Cause the banner, I think you gotta be oh Jesus, what is it, fifteen hundred by I don't know, 500 or something, but you can put three stonks perfectly as your background and overlay whatever other stuff you got. So it's cool as hell. It's fun. I enjoy doing it. It's, it's kind of stress relieving in effect. Hey, okay. So I gave a shout out to this in the discord and the, you know, the DMS, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shout out right now. I, I'll be surprised if it lasts longer than a couple minutes, but like, Eight minutes ago, a mentor just dropped what I consider to be like one of my favorite Miami Vice type gradients right on the floor on open sea. Uh, so 5888, anybody in the crowd, bro, that is, and it's gone literally as I'm speaking. Somebody just bought it. So never mind. <laughs> okay. I take that back. Sorry. Sorry to get everybody's hopes up. It is gone. I, I knew it wouldn't last long, but I saw that. I'm like, it's a travesty. I want somebody that's in here to be able to you know, be the one to snag something like that. Because, oh, Stud Muffin, congratulations, bro. You you were the first one in the DMs, too. You saw it. You freaking grabbed it. Congrats. I got it. Nice. Oh, I thought the transaction failed. No, you got it, man. Congratulations. Is that stock number four? Oh, hell yeah. No, that's number three. Three is key. So, Cube, yes. I got you. Number three, finally. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. In a yeah. stock. Oh, the feed picks 100% did. Yeah, that was uh, that put me over the top. Let's go. Love <laughs> to hear the rotation. <laughs> hey, yeah, like I will say this though the more I've thought about it, I'm, I'm, I'm still rooting for the feet picks to go higher because I'm, I'm in this freaking Abasho chat, and everybody's like, man. You know, if the feet kips like they all like for some reason have this crazy idea in their head that they want to roll feet picks into stonks. So I'm like, you know what? Let them run and let it happen. I mean, I said the exact same thing. Like, I just know if somehow those do keep running, there are going to be a lot more of those stories that you just shared right there. <laughs> I love it. Yo, Puck, you've got your hand up. Welcome up to the stage. Another person I can't give enough love to. You know, that Lumber tweet was part of it, but I think Puck Sweeps also played into the very beginning of this rally. If you look back at some of those buys that were driving us up before that .06, whatever area, you know, I think Puck's first sweep was from .06 to .07, so shout-out to him. 
Uh, welcome up to the stage, sir. Yeah, thank you. It was a, a year of like very uh, technical analysis and stuff like that, and it was all uh, calculated, and it was just the perfect sweep, really. Um, but I just wanted to say, uh, dude, the general interest in stonks is amazing, even for people who don't know what it is. Like when you post a thread, people are like, and maybe it's because of your reputation as well, but people are so genuinely interested in what they are and want to learn more. And there's so many great threads that a lot of you have put together that I share with them. Like uh, Yakimet has a really nice thread. It's just really cool to see that because a lot of other projects kind of when someone posts, you know, a thread about it, like, let's say, I don't know, the, the monkeys, right? There'll be so many comments like saying, like, I'm not buying a fucking picture of a monkey and just kind of shitting on it. But people are like very interested in stonks just because it's so unique. I'm telling you, bro, that something that's starting to evolve and it's this crazy phenomenon where people appreciate the art, the more the price appreciates. I don't know what it is about it, but like, like Bob Laxative, shout out to Bob Laxative. That guy has a lot of vision. He, you know, he's killed the ENS domain stuff. One of the legends in that space. And, you know, he, he's been in crypto Twitter a lot longer than his Bob Laxative account says, you know, he's been like a 2014 OG when he shouted out, people are actually buying JPEGs of stocks. Like, you know, we deserve zero. I loved it, bro, because it just shows, you know, even the hate with that, hate is recognition, right? And like the meme is going to turn itself into the reality. And that recognition and that, like, that sentiment that people put out there it just fuels me that much more to see it through. Can I give a quick shout out to Bob Lax as well? He's the reason I minted studmuffin.eth and got the uh, ENS airdrop. So he's a, uh, a, a big fan of that guy. <laughs> he made me a lot of money. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Because that ENS airdrop was worth like thousands of dollars, depending on what you had, how long you had it. Yeah, it'll buy you a stonk or two. That's for sure. Um. Yeah, man. You know, so I, I, I love that type of stuff one way or the other. You know, if people are talking about the stocks, it's a good thing. Um, but, you know, people are slowly recognizing the art. Like you said, Puck, you know, a lot of these threads that have come out recently have had me even discovering different traits and different things to look out for that I didn't really even consider before. And, you know, I, we, we had like what? I know Lumber picked up one of them yesterday. Was it three or four nine trade sales yesterday? And I like that came directly after that future whale thread. There is no nine trade council. There is none. I, like, I don't even know why you would bring it up. Hey, how does my voice sound right now, by the way? I don't even have nine trade. It's that's on that's high on my to do list. You know, you should like. I don't know if there's a way to be able to set up alerts with OpenSea, but if, if you can set up alerts, basically just go to every single nine trade because I like there are definitely still some that are held by the mentors, and this is probably too much alpha too. But you know, I know Crow's been securing some amazing things by Weath offers. Just look for ones that have never moved in a wallet before and, you know, put in some offer that feels like a low ball, but it's above floor. And then whenever somebody sees that, they're like, oh, shit, that's awesome. And they just press accept. And occasionally you luck into these like freaking grails that the people that haven't ever moved them before just don't even realize that they own.
You're giving my whole game away. If you don't mind, uh, if you could stop. Thank you. <laughs> and now we're going we're to start seeing people on this stage compete with you. <laughs> I mean, Crow, you've already secured, like, I don't know how many with it. It's like if people haven't figured out your game by now, it's on them. No, you're right. I've had a lot of fun these past couple weeks. I've probably got like I'm 25 rapping. that I'm just going to put aside for the next two, three years and come back and check on them then. I'm repping all of my ETH and, and buying any derivatives of feet pick ENS domain as we speak. <laughs> so, you, Vlad, you're betting on the feet picks running and you want you want to capitalize on that. I mean, who is it that, like, it's Crow that has I love feet.eth as a domain, right? I got a couple more, too. I got findfeet.eth, and I got a... <laughs> and you did all this before the feet picks thing became a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I've had that for a while now. I tried capitalizing like, How long have you got a foot fetish for, Crow? <laughs> <laughs> well, it started off as a joke amongst friends, and then it, uh, it's been escalating the last couple of years. It always does. Oh yeah, I've been trying to I've been trying to push that out, but um, the team can't be that serious if they don't want to put a serious offer on that. So that tells you all you need to know about them. No, that is funny though. I mean, hey, if you get luck, I you know, if it's one of those things though where I like the more that I'm seeing the momentum of this rally in general start to carry forward, even like, okay, Pudgy Penguins, like let's talk about Pudgy Penguins and what happened there recently, right? Largest holder liquidates the majority of his bag and pays off $850,000 of Ave loans with it. Like, and the Pudgy Penguins are still above, you know, they're nearly a 60th floor. Like after that happens, just the fact that they were able to absorb, you know, like I'm looking at it, they're like 10 beneath five and a half ETH, like a little bit more past that, like and everything on blur with it, you know, just this one lister that has this climbing wall, you know, on OpenSea though, it's like 5.8 is the, the low. And, you know, they're, they're getting swept. Actually, there were three that were just swept from, you know, a couple different buyers as I'm speaking but dude, I'm looking at it like that's incredibly impressive in and of itself. If that happened a couple of months ago, the pudgies would be down to freaking zero, right? It just shows you the confidence that's returned back to this market. And there are people that are looking to accumulate strong projects whenever there are situations like that that lead to a fire sale. You just didn't have that before. So I love seeing the bounce back on that after, you know, after the the big sell-off from him and i look at that again from just general strength in the market you know you're looking at that sell-off you're looking at some of the others several projects right now are slowly creeping their way back up that had big runs that are slowly grinding their way up you know obviously one of them is the stocks but you know that i mean we honestly the stocks have been the strongest project out there as far as maintaining out of anything else that i've seen relative in its range Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. A lot of stuff to look forward to going from here. Puck, you got your hand up. What's going on, man? 
Oh yeah, I was a little bit off topic, but I was just gonna say I finally uh, moved all my stuff onto my ledger and uh, cleaned up my MetaMask last night. And if you guys have not done stuff like that yet, please do it. You'll sleep a lot better. You'll be a lot safer. Yo, Puck, and the biggest thing that you know, like you got to remember for the thing that we talked about the other day, it, like moving anything over to your ledger like that, just be really careful with any approvals that you're setting for that. Like literally just use your le- ledger to transfer in and out of your hot wallet. Like don't use your ledger to, you know, to list on OpenSea and to like mint anything or anything like that because you're going to find yourself a lot more vulnerable towards suspicious approvals that'll end up wiping that clear a lot. Like it just, it ain't worth it. So use it literally just for transferring in and out of your hot wallet. Oh yeah, coach. I'm not connecting the ledger to anything. And I went in and cleaned up my hot wallet too. I revoked a bunch of old, uh, uh, I guess permissions. I don't know what you would call it, but, but yeah, I cleaned everything up and that, that ledger is not connecting to anything. Love to hear it, man. Um, so what gave you the inspiration to pull the trigger and finally do that? Just so much, um, so many stories coming out with like NFT God and like that dude is the God of NFTs, you know, and he, and he lost his crap. So it's like, there's a ton of FUD right now. And I'm like, it was really getting to me. I'm like, I'm not losing this stuff. I ain't losing my stonks. You can take the other stuff. I mean, like, I, I got nothing against the guy, but <laughs> he definitely ain't the god of NFTs, that's for sure. Um, I, was, I was being sarcastic, if that was not yeah. understood. Okay. Good. Good. Um, you know, and I, I'm rooting for the comeback. I, If anything, I actually respect him a lot more after what happened, because it's not easy whenever you lose shit like that especially when you know that you made a couple mistakes yourself and he's not out there begging for anything with it. So I, I respect his approach as somebody that has multiple times lost quite a bit. Like it's, you know, it ain't easy when it happens, but it's all about the approach for how you come back. Right. So shout out to him for that rooting for the comeback. Um, and, and, you know, it is important to look at lessons like that and be careful. Have you lost NFTs to something like that? Oh, hell no. Never NFTs, but I mean, like, I've been a oh. dumbass, and, you know, I <laughs> I have definitely experienced liquidations on centralized exchanges before. So, um, you know, if nothing else, like, whether it's that or, you know, like, I, I don't know, man. I remember doing some shit on CrossMargin a while back and just using, like, this is a year, year and a half ago, probably, and then using the different underlying assets as collateral and then what you're doing there is well long story short shit went down you wake up one morning and you're like oh some of my positions are liquidated damn like had i been awake or had some stops in place like whatever it probably wouldn't have happened like that so you know you wake up and you're like oh shit i'm, I'm down a couple million dollars here that's not fun um yeah, but you know, shit like that happens, and it's all about all about the mentality for the comeback. Do you think that? I mean, this could be an obvious answer. Security is a huge barrier to entry in this world because, like, what I went through last night. I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, but I'm a pretty intelligent guy. 
a lot of my friends, like I, I pictured me trying to explain this shit to them and them just noping out within like the first, you know, two minutes of going through all these steps. And there's so much room for human error, error when you're like moving things around to wallets. And I don't know, it's pretty wild. It, it's scary. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it definitely is a barrier of entry for a lot of people. It's just the overall understanding and the security side of it. Like, it, it's unfortunate, but it's one of the things in general about the industry that, like, there is no perfect solution right now. I don't know if there ever will be. And, you know, it's like you look at the upside of centralization versus the downside of decentralization and self-custody. And, you know, that is a huge downside of the decentralization aspect is that you don't have some of those third party approvals that can filter through some of those malicious transactions and reverse them if necessary. So, you know, like the the positives give way to some negatives, but that's part of, you know, part of the game. And I think that it's not a barrier to stopping people from coming in completely, but education going into it is incredibly important. I appreciate your thoughts on that. Yeah. I feel a lot safer now, assuming I did things right. <laughs> Love to hear it, man. Love to hear it. You know what I'm going to change this space to? I'm going to change it to, I love the wonky stonks are inevitable title. This is just a social experiment though. I'm going to change it to NFTs are back again. And let's just see what happens. Switching you get over to the NFTs are back title. Those catchy titles are uh, are really effective, brother. What's that? I said those catchy titles. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's what it was last night, right? When everyone was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what it was last night. People, people love the (laughs) love that type of title, man. Like something that they're like, you know, it, it challenges your core one way or the other. You know, you're either on the side that you're like, oh, there's no way in hell NFTs are back. Like, I'm going to listen to this stupid shit that's happening. Or you're like, oh, wait, somebody's saying NFTs are back? Like, hell yeah. And you get on. It's a very polarizing title, whether you realize it or not. So, Cube, I want to hear, what do you have going on up in the mountains right now? Are you actually skiing, snowboarding? What's your advice? Are you just out there with the family, you know, sipping hot cocoa by the fire? Like, what what's going on up there? Uh, so... It's, you know, it's a family ski trip with the wife's family. There are, what are there? There's like 14 of us in this giant condo, but there are two five-year-olds and two one-and-a-half-year-olds. So it's a shit show. Um, There's a lot of drinking that goes on. And today is my day where I'm watching the kids. And, uh, but yeah, I'm a skier. I'm not very good. I stick to greens and blues. My wife's really good, so it's completely emasculating. She can, like, do the blacks and all that stuff. But so it's just, yeah, get away up in the mountains watching it snow right now. It's almost beer 30, actually. Almost beer 30. Love to hear it. I need to get up there. Um... <laughs> oh, sweet. I just got a Binance shout-out. That's, that's kind of... I don't know why, but I love it. Let's fucking go. Said second Binance Twitter list just dropped. Trade ors of CT. We know you'll have recommendations for this one. Twitter list, trade ors of CT. 
We got Cold Blooded Schiller, Crypto Cred, GCR, Tree of Alpha, Kaleo, Don All. I mean, that's like, I, I'm honored to be on a list like that. Shout out to them. I'm going to give that a retweet for the culture. You deserve that one. It's not a, it's not a bad company. So. Oh, I just wanted man. to shout out real quick on the security thing. Um, there is a browser extension uh, that's called Fire that you can add to your Chrome and it will translate uh, transaction data into like a human readable format. And it, it, it'll like integrate with, with MetaMask, which uh, should help, uh, should help uh, people be a little bit safer at least. Uh, and the, uh, the application is, uh, I think it's promoted by like the bankless uh, community. So it should be, should be uh, safe and uh, a-okay, so to speak. Love to hear it, man. Um, oh, but man, okay. Well, I want to hear what else you guys are fired up about. What else is going on in the space that is charging you guys up? I mean, where are you guys sitting right now as far as you know your outlook on where we are with the market? Are you guys as bullish as I am? You know, hey, if anybody is up here that wants to heed any caution to the listeners, love to hear that as well. Love a good balanced approach. Um, can I get bottoms a quick in. Uh, bottoms in? Nice, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doing the uh, the Snow Crash National Geographic Daybreak Around the World Mints in a couple hours. It, it drops at 3 p.m. Looks kind of cool. Justin Fasano, the Twin Flames guy, he's one of the uh, one of the photographers um it looks pretty sweet so i dropped a link to it in the uh the chat if you guys want to check it out that looks pretty uh pretty awesome that's what i'm looking at right now okay i i had a call and rugged out for a second there so i apologize i missed that like anyway you can shout out that one more time yeah absolutely so if you go to the uh, snowcrash.com website their uh national geographic is um, putting out its first official photography um, NFT. And it's got the Twin Flames guy, Justin, uh, what is it, Aversano? Does that sound right? Okay, that's interesting. I, I actually would love to hear y'all's opinion on some of these Web2 brands that are dropping some of these different collections because as a whole, I haven't really seen anything. And maybe I'm looking in the wrong circles and I'm missing some collections here. I just haven't seen a ton of staying power as far as a lot of them are concerned. You look at a bunch of these entrants and the way they've tried to do it, it just doesn't feel like it's been very effective as a whole. I feel like National Geographic all, you know, obviously has incredible IP, lots of interest, broad appeal out there for the content. But I'm just wondering, you know, like, again, these are Web2 native people that are entering into a Web3 space. Like, how do they manage that content community? Is it worth something you think you know, taking the gamble, taking the risk on it based on the track record of a lot of these other brands. So I'm going to take a punt on it for a couple of reasons. Um, there's only 2000 they're releasing. Um, so it's pretty limited supply. Um, you know, the twin flames photographs are 150 each floor, you know, so um, they've got successful people from web three that are in it. Um, that being said, they said they were going to release it at like 10 AM this morning. And now they just changed it to 3 PM. 
so who knows, you know, I mean, I will say from a, a classy, you know, smooth mint, like with the, uh, the wonky stonks, you know, that went exactly as it should have and was just perfect, you know, compare that to every web two type of mint I've tried to do. And there's always delays. There's always problems. Um, you know, you have to bridge, uh, Matic onto the polygon network, which I think maybe 1% of people know how to do, you know, so there's that issue and you can't resell it on open there's going to be a special marketplace only within the snow crash uh, ecosystem where you can buy and sell them. So there's a lot of things going against it. So I could very easily see this purchase going to zero. Okay. I, I love, you know, I love the take on the punt and I love the optimism. Of, you know, that's the, the amazing thing about talking to NFT DJs. A lot of the time, whenever they're minting something, like everybody just says, oh yeah, like, you know, Definitely could go to zero, but F it. Like, you know, I gotta just go for it one way or the other. It is like, it's such an interesting market because where else do you really hear that outside of like this space? Kind of like how I play poker, right, Kalea? Okay, it's true. You know, <laughs> you're right. Like, literally, the only other place that you might see that is a freaking casino, like somebody putting. <laughs> Putting all the chips on a certain number on, you know, in roulette and 80s. Didn't you say that's your go-to? <laughs> like Red 36, baby. Red 36. Red 36. Oh, that's funny, man. Um, yeah, hey, I, I will say this. Even after changing the title, you know, 20% increase in listeners, small. But, you know, it's small steamrolling effect one way or the other. Um, it, it, it did make the social experiment does make a slight difference right now, or it has so far. Yeah. Your co-host is back too. Sorry. I was, uh, distracted by a few messages I had to, uh, take care of, but I'm back. Uh, We're live. Love to see it, man. Love to hear it. Good to have you back. Um, you know, I will admit it's an incredible, like I love doing these spaces and I feel like I get a lot out of them, but at the same time during the space, it, it takes a lot more concentration to be able to, you know, keep the wheels churning than it may appear from the outside. So it makes it really difficult to be able to go through some of the other stuff that you got to take care of. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, being a host in the space, it, it, trying to keep the conversation flowing alive. Um, you know, it, it takes a special personality to do that. And, uh, you always knock it out of the park, man. There's never really any dead air in here at all. And you keep it alive, you keep it resonating with everybody. So, uh, it's definitely a pleasure to enjoy from some of the other, uh, spaces out there for sure. Yes, sir. So Vlad, you got your hand up. What's going on? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, you were mentioning the Web2 brands um, going into Web3. Uh, and I, have, I only have one play uh, on that horizon, and that, that's the, uh, the meme land team. And I, I really wanted to, you know, the, the, the 110 guys know that I, 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 I spam that quite a lot in our Discord. Um, I, I'm just curious, does, uh, does um, like, do you know about them? Like, it's the potatoes and the captains and the... Uh, the MVPs. Um, I mean, I, I've heard about them. I know you're big into them, but I've, I've really never gotten plugged into it. 
tell me a little bit more about it because it seems like even the uh, the captains and stuff are, have been have held pretty well since that mint. Yeah, it's it's kind of and and that's where yeah that so that's right now where my interest is is like it from my point of view they they are hitting all of the marks uh, of of a like native Web three project in terms of uh, you know the, the the sort of culture they're they're building around the collections. Uh, the community is absolutely popping. I think the Discord at the bottom of the bear market still had two hundred seventy thousand verified members, or, or something like that. Um, and the team, I mean, the team is is the is the same team that built uh, NineGag dot com, which maybe is unknown uh, for you guys that are uh, in America. Uh, it should be more well known for Europeans, but it. It still is, uh, you know, a globally ranked, uh, like top one hundred website that gets. I off the top of my head, I think their global audience is something around like two hundred million or something like that. Um, so you know, great team. They they just keep shipping. Uh, they took funding once early in two thousand and nine or something, and been self sufficient ever since. And and now they're just. They want to bring that into Web three, and that's that's where Meanland comes in, basically. Um, in terms of the collections, I mean, it's the first collection that I saw that had a sort of gradual reveal or like stake to reveal features, um, like the uh, the potatoes, for example. I think you have to grow them for like I think eight weeks or something for them to reach their kind of final form. Uh, so it's I don't know. It's it's very like yeah. To to me on a technical level, like they're they are actually at the very forefront of of like technical implementation for NFTs, and they they definitely get the community. Um, making memes is basically their entire business. Um, so yeah, that that's that's where I stand on, it. and it, it's surprising to me to actually not hear much about it. Uh, from, from bigger accounts. I mean, it makes me super bullish, of course, uh, that it's not talked about yet, but. Uh... Well, bro, I think you just, I think you just nailed why I probably have not been as involved because anything that requires that level of, you know, if something's evolving, if it's a dynamic NFT, if there's stuff that's happening in the background that you've got to kind of keep up with. And, and like, I completely understand why that's appealing to a lot of people. Um, but it is something that, like, I like to just literally buy something for, like, I, I don't buy shit for the utility. I buy it for the art and the community as <laughs> that may sound crazy to some people out there. But I, I think, you know, you know my opinion on being an art maximalist over anything else. So I think that art and that type of stuff is where real momentum lies. Uh, it gets a lot more difficult to, like, actively participate. You know, I mean, Again, there are gamers out there that love that shit, though. So shout out to them. I mean, not to say that there's not a lot of potential with it. There obviously is. It wouldn't have performed as well. It's performed so far. Did you guys? Right, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was, <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna end with that. Basically, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to to uh, follow the uh, collections and see see what happens uh, with that. So speaking of gamers and sentiment flips, I don't know if you guys watched um, kind of what's happened over the past couple months on Reddit, but 
if you ever went on Reddit and talked about crypto, NFTs, anything, it was 99%. NFTs are going to burn up the planet and we're all going to die because the sun is going to hit us because of NFTs in the next year. You're a bad person if you use them. I mean, it was like this cultish, like they are evil. Like if you kill someone, all right, we can be friends. You, you minted an NFT, we're done. I hate you. It was such vicious. Uh, I, I don't know where it came from. So Alexis Ohanian, founder of Reddit, decides we're going to give out a few free NFTs. And within a month of the free NFTs coming out, everyone loves them. It was a complete overnight sentiment shift. And I found that absolutely fascinating that these millions of people who hardcore hated anyone who would mint an NFT suddenly thought they were great. And it didn't take all it took was literally a couple free NFTs. They did the ones for the World Cup, the soccer ones. They just did the Reddit recap um and they're flying you know the, the ones they sold on the uh, marketplace you know those are a lot of them are going for 510 eth um and so my personal hot take and uh claire let me know what you think about this um i think that the nft market cap is going to flip the crypto market cap in the next five years and i think the most important thing that a, a cryptocurrency can do is secure the blockchain that nfts live on um, so that's kind of my little hot take. I'm just going to throw that out there and see what you guys think. I've heard my voice enough, so let's hear it from one of y'all, your opinion. <laughs> well, to speak on the first thing you were talking about, Yakimit actually in the chat the other day dropped a um, a tweet from National Geographic. And National Geographic was um, announcing that they are going to be dropping an NFT. And the same thing. Uh, the sentiment still to this day from people outside, it's like, oh, my God, the NFT world is burning our planet, this, that, and the other. And people are still un uneducated on it. So it is quite interesting to see the dynamic and difference of the psychology that plays out in people's sentiment, especially when they are incentivized by something that's free. If something that's free, it could change your your entire mindset on something. And then you get to to really appreciate what the NFT world and culture really truly is about and you know i don't think you're that far off with saying the nft market could you know uh, compete with the the crypto market uh very soon so we'll see what happens and one thing too i wanted to talk about it's been a lot uh, discussions recently about nfts and how we uh verbalize that and uh, the the new term that I've been seeing a lot lately are digital collectibles. Instead of referring to them as NFTs, you refer them to as digital collectibles, and it kind of changes like the psychology or the psychological approach on how you might resonate with that key term. Oh, I love it. I really like digital collectible. Um I work in medicine and we deal with the same crap. We use these acronyms, acronym, acronyms, sorry, they don't make any sense. So when you switch to plain language that people can understand, it resonates so well. Um, so the Top Shot guys did it first, right? They didn't call the, although it hasn't worked out too well for them, but it, <laughs> I think it was still a good idea in theory. Um, they call the, uh, the Top Shot stuff a moment. They never call it an NFT. They call it either a digital collectible or a moment. And then Reddit started doing that. These aren't NFTs. They're digital collectibles. Um, I don't know. Rebranding to meta, right, hasn't worked all that well for Facebook. So, you know, the rebrand can work. It just kind of depends on how it's done. Same thing, right? Web3. I like Web3 a lot better than crypto 
personally. I, I think it, it sounds better. Um, so I'm, I'm of the opinion that you can rebrand and that it can be effective. Um, but I've definitely seen examples, like I mentioned, where it just didn't work. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I'm a digital collectible maxi. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm not an NFT maxi. Okay. So yeah, digital collectible. And that is part of the, you know, when we're talking about the overall potential for that parabolic relevancy within culture to happen, I, I think that's, that's the thing that people don't get, right? Like the term digital collectible resonates with so many more people than collecting some type of digital token that might be the future of exchange and XYZ, right? Like digital collectibles just make sense because it's not taking the place of something that exists. You know, it is something that exists just in a different form, right? Like collectible, the collectibles market has been insane, especially in the past couple of years, so, you know, I, I, I just, it just makes so much more sense to this generation that's growing up with CSGO skins and other stuff like that that's out there. Digital collectibles is something that's going to continue to resonate with more people. The market right now, when you're looking at 40,000 unique buyers daily, is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's so tiny. And the fact that people don't understand that when you're talking about a world of eight billion plus people and you only have 40,000 unique buyers in this market like it blows my mind how people don't understand how much potential is in this I'm telling you the next bull run there will be millions if not tens of millions of buyers that end up going you know that end up participating in this market daily like I am that confident of where this shit is heading so 40,000 buyers unique buyers daily is nothing in a digital collectibles market like it gets me fired up man like that's what i'm saying nfts yeah like i forget who said it nfts aren't back because they never left but man there's a lot left in the tank as far as the potential for where they're headed right and we also focus you know narrowly just on pfps or yeah i think uh, in addition to the collectible element um you know like i said it's our work in medicine um, every couple of weeks we hear about a hospital where the entire system got hacked, right? So now your private medical information is on the dark web somewhere because it's an old 1990 system. that's easy to hack and it's a honeypot, right? I mean, that, that information is very valuable. Um, so it won't be that hard to do it. Essentially what'll happen is your private medical information will be accessible to you and also to your doctor and anyone you want to give it to, but to nobody else. Um, and that's going to be a massive change. So now if a hacker wants to get access to your info, they can, but instead of getting 100,000 valuable pieces of information, they just get the one. And so it's going to be a lot safer um, and make a lot more sense to have information like that in a decentralized manner where I control my own information than it will to have it in a big, easily hacked database um, that is, is just not working very well. Um, so I'm excited to see innovations like that. So not just from the fun, playful element, that's where it starts, right? Is, oh, you know, pictures of monkeys and all that stuff. And eventually it'll be everywhere. And I'm really excited to see those changes. I think it's going to be great for everybody. Yes, sir. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I am probably going to kick up another one of these here a few hours later. If not, I might do it later tonight. But unfortunately, have to take a break and take care of some stuff. I realized 
my, uh, you know, we, we take a little winter break for my Bible study uh, with my church. And this is the first week back. And I realized that even though I had a solid month to prep for this study, I have not done a single thing for it. So <laughs> I need to take the next couple of hours probably and knock that out. Uh, so after I'm done with that, then might roll up another one, might have time for it. But, you know, it's been fun. NFTs are back. Wonky stonks are inevitable. You know, you can continue to fade what's happening, but, you know, it's on you. We, we, we've had enough of these spaces that you should know by now. If you, if you kick up a late night space, I'll, uh, I'll definitely hop on later tonight. I'll try to make it happen, man. Well, again, shout out to y'all. Appreciate you guys joining. We're going we're gonna to get rolling back later. Um, but, you know, thanks again. Take it easy. Like the world's about to change.